Podcast. Hold on to your butts. We are changing the course of history as we see it. That is what Westcott demands. Now this affects Iris. Um, Iris, where are you? What you feel only matters to you. I do not entertain hypotheticals. The world as it is is vexing enough. Iris, I have a tip for you. Don't take drugs! Or Whatever Movies with Wesley and Iris. What up and welcome to Or Whatever Movies. I'm your co-host, Iris, and I'm here with my older brother. Wesley. No, you have to redo that. What was that? Oh, Wesley. I don't know. How do, I can't do Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> you know that I love your impressions. Now, <laughs> this is like amongst the worst I've ever heard. Today, we're talking a movie from 1982 featuring the Italian Stallion. <laughs> this is going to go well with the Nordic Stallion. Okay. Sylvester Stallone in First Blood. Does First Blood come before Rocky? Yeah, uh, no, actually. Uh, there were several other Sylvester's, at least a few more movies that he did after Rocky that were total bombs. And First Blood is his first successful post-Rocky movie. Okay. You've been calling this movie Rambo the whole time. I have. And I and then at the last minute, I was like, oh, my God, did I just watch the wrong movie? Let's get it straight. First Blood. Rambo, First Blood Part 2. Rambo 3, Rambo Balboa. No, no, wait. Rambo. <laughs> it was just, Then it was just Rambo, and then it was Rambo Last Blood. Oh. And there was like an animated series and stuff in the middle. An animated series? Yeah. Rambo Adventures or some junk. Rambo American Adventures. For adults, I assume? Well, our cartoons for adults, especially in the 80s. This is the era when R-rated, toy, R-rated movies had toys and cartoons. Oh, right. Although the advent of... Cartoons for adults, for me, started with The Simpsons. Yep. It's weird. I'm not sure when when Rambo in First Blood came about for me, because when this movie released, I was all of six years old. I don't think you were born yet, were you? Yeah, I was too, but I wasn't watching First Blood. This feels like a movie that we grew up watching, though. I definitely did. Do you know how many survival knives I had because of this movie? Not toy, like real survival knives with... With compasses and, and needles and thread? Yeah, and, and matches and junk, totally. Did this start your love of knives? It's possible. I mean, don't make it don't make it sound weird. I have, like, a couple of knives, but I don't, like, collect them or anything. That's weird. <laughs> I don't have, like, fantasy knives and junk. I've never seen you in person without a knife in your pocket. That's weird. You don't know that. I'm perfectly it's harmless. totally true. Well, I'm not saying that you're harmful. I'm just saying you have a pocket knife. And it's not like you're super handy or something. I am. And whenever I, s- <laughs> I was just gonna say whenever I, whenever I say anything like that about Brian, he gets so defensive. He's like, I am handy. What is it with men and needing to be handy? So obviously Teasel is like, what do you need a knife like this for? Like, he thinks that Rambo is dangerous because of the knife, right? But while Rambo is troubled, he seems like a pretty passive dude. Well. That opening's pretty important for establishing that. He's passive, I guess you could say. Kind of shy, maybe. Yeah. A loner. A dude who cares about friendship. But he starts it, right? No, they draw. They drew first blood, dude. That's the whole point. Well, yeah, Kelly Ray was disputing that. He's like, no, he punched the cop in the nose and there was blood everywhere. Elbowed the cop in the nose. Knocked the dude off his bike and took off. Or they were messing with him and they were going to shave him and he started kicking people. But he elbowed the cop in the nose and in real life broke that poor dude's nose. Ooh, really? Yep. 
And that was the first blood. And poor Orville, he killed those dogs. That might have been after he killed Galt. Well, Galt, Galt definitely had a thirst for blood. Yep. This kind of defies what we were talking about with the Northmen, how, you know, bad guys kill animals. You can't kill dogs and be a good guy. Is, 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 what's his name? <laughs> I was like, what's, what's his, his name? name? <laughs> John. Is John Rambo a bad guy? I, I don't think he's a bad guy any more than he's a baby killer or all the vile crap people are calling him coming back from Vietnam. He's a damaged troubled dude who has nothing going for him outside of the war. The killing machine that Troutman espouses him to be is all he is. He's not looking for trouble. He's looking to reconnect with his buddies who share the experience because otherwise he's a loner and an outcast. But there's something else at play here at the beginning because obviously Teasel is crazy power hungry and like proud and defiant and you know this is my town they're gonna take over my town not gonna give it up to some random dude or whatever but I don't know that Teasel is a bad dude necessarily he just gets in a little bit over his head for like a small town sheriff type but when Rambo defies his you know he's kind of kind of a jerk and like hey we don't want people like you around have a good day huh and then Rambo walks back into town, that's what starts the whole thing. And, you know, he, like, tries to resist arrest or whatever. But while he, before he gets into the car, Teasel says, you know, wearing that flag, looking the way you do, you're asking for trouble around here, friend. Mm -hmm. And what does that mean? Because mm -hmm. Teasel, according to the book, is a veteran of the Korean War. He's a fellow veteran. And what's wrong with the flag and the way he looks? Like he's a vagrant or his hair is too long and he's a hippie. Why is his look asking for trouble, do you think? I think that has to do a little bit with where they are. I know it's a mountain town, but where exactly are they? Uh, shot in Hope, British Columbia. And so that became Hope the fictional Hope, Washington. Hope, Washington State. And substantiated by the fact that Troutman says, let him go, defuse the situation. In a few weeks, he'll be picked up at a car wash or something in Seattle. That's right. So that makes sense. I don't think of small town Washington as being particularly anti-war. And it was the anti-war hippies that were giving him all that grief and causing all that trauma when he got back from his service. I think it's more about... I took it to mean you look like a vagrant and you look like a, a drifter and you're also wearing an American flag, like that there's something incongruent about that, okay. as opposed to, hey, this town doesn't like veterans. Despite his freak out, I think Rambo at core is anything but an agitator, right? Right. Yeah. What it comes down to is two stubborn, hard-headed men who are butting up against each other and struggling for power even if the power is different kind of even if the power is a different kind of power yep like teasel this is teasel's town he's going to maintain his dominance over this town and still sylvester stallone wants to maintain his own kind of intrinsic power i guess just yeah his self-worth which is all he has left or he's been struggling with because he doesn't feel like he belongs anywhere. And I get that he's like, Rambo is the we weapon, right? The knife in, and Rambo are kind of like one thing. And neither of them have utility in this world until he's on his final mission, I guess. But it's it's unclear to me what 
Rambo's mission is? Is it to survive or is it to take out the enemy? Well, it became, I think, about taking out the enemy, but he doesn't kill anybody. Nobody dies in the movie except for Galt, which is indirectly caused by Rambo. Apparently in the book, he kills cops and civilians and army dudes, and he's much more bloodthirsty. Just because he's a crafted weapon of war, he just kind of goes into war mode, win by attrition. Whereas this one, he's mm-hmm. just trying to find a way out. Interesting. Well, at least he is at first. And he even gives Teasel another out. He's like, leave it. Don't push it. Yeah. He says it twice, right? At the car. He's like, don't push it. I think it was at the car. Why are, you, why are you pushing me? Or why are you, yeah. And then he says, just let it go when he has his knife to his throat. Exactly. In the forest. And so, you know, twice he's trying to say, let it go. Let me go. And I'm not going to cause you any more trouble. And that's when... Teasel's own stubbornness and pride uh, come into play to continue to drive the plot forward. Yeah. And because of that sort of ambiguity of why he's so relentlessly pursuing Rambo or wants Rambo dead, basically, because I didn't understand that as a kid. This was one of those movies like where mom just hates a character so much that she hates that person in real life. Like, <laughs> I hated Brian Dennehy with a burning passion for my the entirety of my childhood. Wow. In, in a way, he's really good. Like, just to look at his punk-ass face, you're like, oh, I hate that dude. But he's just really well cast as Teasel. And, and you know, and watching this again, he, they're like, hey, Will. And he's like, hey there, you had anything to drink today? But he's like trying to, he's like a father figure, or he, at least he regards himself as such. He's protective of the town and stuff, and, and he's just, he can't let go. But that didn't stop me from hating him. He's generally affable, but he's got a bit of a chip. Yep. It's just a real clash of personalities when it comes to Teasel and Rambo. I think he's one of those chips. He's one of those big fish that can only survive in a small pond. Mm. Like someplace where he can have power and he's the man, right? Sure. So would you rather be the best among the least or the least among the best? Uh, It depends on the situation and that which makes me the most money. I've always said if you want to be better at what you do, surround yourself with people that are better and smarter at that stuff than you are. But, uh-huh. uh, you know, at a point, I just want to not be hassled. Um, so I guess if you're basically saying, would you rather be a Teasel or a Rambo? Of course, I would want to be a Rambo, with, but without all the trauma. I would ra- I'd much rather live quietly than be the big cheese and have to constantly defend that position. I mean, that's what Rambo wants. He wants to live quietly. He wants to be useful, but he can't hold down a job at the car wash, and it's very traumatic for him. Yeah. So, like I said, the good part without the bad part. How Rambo am I, except not in in all the good ways? (laughs) What are the good ways? Well, I can probably ride a dirt bike. You see how how much dirt bike training he had probably in the Special Forces because he rocked that dirt bike. Oh, yeah. Exactly what he was. I can do that, I bet. I could totally survive in the wild. I know I can handle knives and guns. As discussed in our discussion on the edge, you you fancy yourself somewhat of a survivalist. Yeah, I mean, I can hear the sarcasm in that tone, but you don't know. You've never been with me. I've never been pushed or tested in a survival situation. We had a near-death experience. What, in the golf cart? Yeah, you stayed pretty cool, Oh, I was calm, calm and collected. collected. Remember when we got smashed on the way to the Flowbots? No. In the in the Civic. Really? We got rear-ended, man, and I was cool and collected. Oh, yeah, 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 Flowbots. Yep, and I could survive in, like, the Indiana Jones-style Tom Sawyer mine with the torch. Oh, you think? Yeah. He spends a lot of time in the mines. He does, but he's 
he's resourceful. You know, I'd love to see if I can make my own torch and stuff. I liked that when he got to the ladder in the opening that he was like all relieved. I felt like that was a really nice human moment. When he saw the the light, yeah. Yeah, and it made me feel like, okay, he's not totally a machine, right? He cares about something more than just pure survival for being able to do its sake. And I thought that was a nice little seed to plant for when he goes all emo at the end. Did you notice that, in a way, this is a Christmas movie? (laughs) You mean by virtue of having some Christmas trees in the police station? Yeah, and no joke, dude. This must have been, for like, like practically speaking, that must have been miserable. He's all freezing and stuff and cold and and like rotten tarp looks like a sweater to him. (laughs) Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You know, I noticed how cold it was, or at least how cold they wanted us to believe it was. Did you notice that Galt's body is like steaming, like over that rock? And I was like, that's really gnarly and gross. That's what I would do, man. If I had to lay out there and be all, and they were going to pour blood on me, I'd be like, you better microwave that a little bit. At least can it be warm blood? Right. And it looks better on screen. I guess for the only death in an otherwise very violent movie, they had to go big. Was that like a fat comment? Are you fat shaming Galt? You think he Wait. fell out of the helicopter because <laughs> he's fat? That's messed wow. up, dude. You just, you, wow, you really ran with that. Yeah. I'm talking like steamy hot blood on freezing cold rocks oh. and like this death vapor rising from his body. <laughs> Sensitive much? Right. You're whatever. You're all. I'm, I'm all capable on a dirt bike. I am the one with an M1. You have to remember. What's an M1? It's my motorcycle license. Oh well, I don't. I don't. I just learn. Like I don't get licenses and stuff. I just learn like in the real world. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> this is an '80s thing, dude. The motorcycles is the '80s thing, and there was no hot making out like macking on the motorcycle. Yep. <laughs> but motorcycles were cool. You know what I actually noticed? There, was, there wasn't there was a single woman in this entire movie. Did you notice that? Uh, yeah, that's true. But, I mean, I wasn't looking for women when I was, like, a little kid or whatever. It was all about Rambo. Not Rambo's cool. one woman. Yeah. I chose that's this movie. Weird. I mean, we've we talked about movies like this before, I guess. Maybe that's what the North Man has going for it. He actually has a woman in the movie or a number of them. This movie is, we, I wanted to record it because it's a pretty dude-centric movie, obviously, because there's not a woman in sight. But also, it is the the origin for a lot of these 80s tropes. And one of the precursors to the, you know, one of the most prominent action series uh, franchises of the 80s. I mean, what's more synonymous with action than Rambo? Yeah, and by Rambo, you, you're not talking about the fourth installment in the series. You're talking about the character. Right. And like those franchises, like A Nightmare on Elm Street or like Terminator or anything like that, First Blood is a very different movie, which is why I always want to qualify it as not necessarily being a Rambo movie. It's not Rambo, First Blood. It's just First Blood. I think it's always weird to call a movie by a fictional name. It's another thing if it's a if it's based on a real person. But to call movies like Jerry Maguire, that's just a weird title to me. Okay. You know what I mean? And so I think First Blood is an appropriate title for this, and it's thematically obviously very central to the film. 
why are the other movies called Rambo? Because they just devolve into Rambo. Because First Blood is just about Rambo. Well, I mean, the later ones, I think, are more about Rambo. Should we talk about the later ones? What does, Ram- what does First Blood actually set up? First Blood sets up Rambo as the ultimate killing machine, like the ultimate human killing machine of the 80s. And does it set him up to be a bad guy? Does he become more of a good guy in the subsequent Rambos? Yeah, I wouldn't call Rambo in First Blood a hero. He's just trying to survive and he gets in a bad situation where he's is as ill-equipped to handle, you know, a, not a trained soldierly enemy. I mean, he does have like the army and junk after him by the end of the movie, but those dudes are just like hack cops in the forest or whatever, right? But he doesn't know how to dial it back, I don't think. He's still going to ambush you like with bushes tied to his back and like jump out of the mud and put his knife in your throat. But, uh, you know, he's reverted back to his Vietnam training. Yeah. So by Rambo's two and three, he's fully like part of the armed forces again and negotiating full pardons and stuff and ready to just be an action hero for America. Okay, so he does transition into full-fledged hero. Yeah. How does he get out of jail? Uh, Presumably he goes to jail unless Troutman gets him out of it. How long has it been since you've seen Rambo First Blood Part 2? I mean, I don't know that I ever have. Man, co-written by James Cameron. Uh, Also uh, now available on HBO Max. That one is worth checking out. I tried to revisit Rambo 3 at one point, and I just can't do it. It's also not as fun a movie. And like all good things, they just tweak it and tweak it until it falls apart. But First Blood Part 2 is worth checking out simply for the like actual continuation of this sort of otherwise meek, quiet, humble character who's forced into terrible situations okay well so first blood i could see how first blood would set a foundation for an interesting character like i was thinking about northman how there was no chance that alexander skarsgård was going to get out of that alive yep like it was his fate to die and it was inevitability but i was wondering okay is rambo is rambo going to get out of this it it seems to me like he's not But then at the end when he did, I was like, yeah, of course, he has to because you need Rambo's 2, 3, 4, and (laughs) 5. Except he didn't. What do you mean? First screening for test audiences, they totally used the ending where he grabs Trotman's gun and uses it to shoot himself in the stomach. Or Trotman has to shoot (gasps) him in the stomach and he dies. What? And they showed that as is what happens in the book. And then they showed it to test audiences and they're like, no, we want Rambo to live. So through the magic of movie making, they made Rambo live and instead gave him that nearly unintelligible rant at the end. It was just as well because he was a real American hero to me when I watched it as a kid, mostly because all his ranting at the end, I couldn't understand what he was saying. <laughs> you didn't understand and process all the trauma. Yeah, horrible stuff about the legs being blown off. I and can't find your legs. I want to roll in my car until the wheels fall off. All of that passed me by. <laughs> you just knew that he was crying because he was hurt or something? Right, he was very sad. Being sad. See, what you do as a kid is you do terrible things, and then you're caught and called out for it. And right when you're about to be punished, you start like crying and screaming and stuff. And then they feel bad and they let you go home. In my mind, that's what happened to Rambo. So what is your first memory of having watched Rambo? Uh, I'm not sure. Because for me, it doesn't really start until he gets out in the woods and starts like 
you know, trapping people and popping out of the mud. Kind of predatory style? Yeah, I'm much less interested in the, the sheriff stuff and frankly much less interested in the town stuff, even though there's like tremendous explosions. Like for a pretty small movie, blowing up that gas station must have been gigantic. I mean, yeah, and it was gigantic and it's, it's really destructive to Hope, Hope, right? Yep. Hope, Washington. And bursting through that roadblock was like the coolest thing I'd ever seen. And it was also akin to Indiana Jones nearly the same time uh, driving the Bursting army truck. through, he just drives right over those cars. Yeah. It's insane. And the theme comes in. And like he's running around and shooting stuff, and he's got the the conveniently the machine gun that he pulls off the back of the army truck, and he like shoots up M16. the the construction the like hardware store or something. No, it's the ammo store or whatever it was. And Kelly Ray felt all bad. She's like, that's someone's life savings. Like someone put their everything into that store. Yeah, it was like a total mom and pop like <laughs> hunting store or something. Right. Like and, all quaint in the foothills of hope. And I'm like, shoot it. <laughs> da, da, da. No, I, his his theme was like bum 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 bum. It was like all kind of um it reminded me of Jurassic Park somehow. Are you questioning my Rambo theme knowledge? Yeah. It was yeah. the main hero theme when he breaks through the roadblock. You know, so what I was getting at earlier is that it's a very simple plot. Rambo is in a tight spot. He's got a green beret his way out of it. The pursuers are relentless. They do a really good job of taking what is a simple plot and building it up and escalating it. The escalation is very well paced. It goes from the showdown at the precinct, right? Which is the culmination of kind of that sequence within the movie, right? Right. There's the sweet exchange, the very sad exchange at the lake house, which is gorgeous. What a gorgeous opening. Yep. And then there's the Tiesel thing, and that mounts, mounts, escalates until there's the showdown at the precinct. Which bookends also at the end. They end up in the precinct at the end. And they end up at the precinct, and they end up kind of where they began, right? Just Rambo and Tiesel. It starts with them, it ends with them. And then we have the, the, the forest stuff that escalates, and that culminates with what? Well, obviously the army comes in, and he steals the army truck. And then we have the whole city sequence. Yep. And they do a really good job building it, building it, building it. At the end, there's these huge explosions, and it doesn't seem somehow crazy and outlandish, even though you you know that it's so incredibly devastating for Hope. It's strategery. He's just trying to flush out Teasel the Weasel. Teasel the Weasel? Good one. But no, this is obviously meant to be a serious movie and a tragic movie. It's not a heroic action-adventure movie because I'm not entirely sure that those things were really invented yet, at least as we know them for the 80s action movie tropes and the Stallones and the Schwarzeneggers and all that stuff. Rambo is a huge part of that. First Blood specifically, not so much, I don't think. And I think it was kind of treated that way. Like, I think this was an unlikely movie where they never expected sequels because they definitely filmed the Rambo getting shot ending and they meant to kill him. And then wisely, I think they were like, no, 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 Rambo has to live based on the audience reaction. But this film enjoys a storied history as well that that kind of influenced the making of, you know, the legend that was Rambo. Um, 
it it didn't go well and Stallone tried to buy the whole film himself just so he could destroy it before it destroyed him he considered it a career ender when the director turned in a three hour cut where Rambo talked too much and it was a total disaster and they stripped it all down think about it three hours down to essentially 90 minutes and change to make him a silent effective machine with a much more simple story Wow. Is that weird director's cut available? Uh, I don't think so. Stallone doesn't want you to see it. But he says that this movie, the, the theatrical cut, is essentially perfect. And there's nothing that he would change. I don't know if that holds true for me. But I immensely respect First Blood for what it is. I think it's deserving of a franchise. And the Rambo character, for as silly as he ultimately became, I think has you know very legitimate, sturdy roots in First Blood, which is why I wanted to talk about it. Because I think this is the way you do gritty, no women anywhere dude kind of movies in a way that's fun in a weird way. And while at the same time having a serious message. But what message does this film hold today? Like, does First Blood have relevance today aside from its roots as an action hero? If it does, I don't think it was. I think it's pretty far from the intended message. Yeah. To make this movie anything more than like a oh uh, oh like a <laughs> like a dude like pump get pumped on testosterone movie is 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 kind of silly like but it's not total farce. I agree that they were trying to make a serious movie. I mean, I think if it if there's any message now, it's like it's how do you manage the fallout of toxic masculinity? And I guess the question is answered when Troutman gives him a hug at the end, like. A little bit of humanness and touch and love. Yep. Is that a message? Yeah, and also guns and killing and... (laughs) Will you be offended if I give First Blood a boring? Look, I I don't know. This movie has its flaws, and I would have done things a little bit differently, but they had no money, and and people got hurt, and stuntmen, and and they were like war-rotting tarps, and they were wholly committed, and I think that Sylvester Stallone is a star for a reason. But it's still just an all-right movie for me. It's not a totally, because while I lived it and breathed it, I was like six or eight years old or whatever. And then 10, and then 12 with real knives and stuff. And I still bear the scars from poking myself with some of those knives. But uh, it's a time and place kind of movie that's better than The Northman. That's, and even for a a film from 1988-82, I have to agree, it's better than The Northman. I think that The First Blood is this very curious, semi-motivated, ultra-violent cinematic spectacle. And you kind of have to respect Stallone for his dedication to the role. Like he seems really pumped and really into it and pretty crazy throughout. And it's kind of mesmerizing when, if you, if you allow yourself to be immersed in this experience. So I, and I, and I really was, I was teasing you a little bit. Um, Are you going to watch part two? Because I was, I, we finished it and I turned to Kelly Ray and I was like, are you ready for Rambo first blood part two? And she was like, no, thank you. All done in this household. They had to really work hard to, like, get that M16 in his hands. But when they do, doesn't it feel right? Yeah. I don't know. Something about First Blood just feels right for what it is. And I guess for that reason, I'll give it a good. I feel like it should be on the cover. Yeah. And in all the trailers? Yeah, I agree. (laughs) Agreed. 
<laughs> so that's our discussion on First Blood, available now on HBO Max, a fitting companion piece for our discussion on The Northman, now available at orwhatevermovies.com or wherever you get podcasts. If you enjoyed this machismo week at Or Whatever <laughs> Movies, please support us on Patreon. Become a movie friend or hit us up and let us know what you think. 818 835 0473-or-whatever-movies.com. And next, we have a very exciting themed month for you that we've teased before and that we will begin at the end of July. Nick Effin Cage Month at Or Whatever Movies 2022. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Hey, guys. It's Miriam Love here, and I want to share something very special with you. Check out my new release, All In, the Spanish remixes, out now on Electric Hass Records. And always remember, be love, share love, all love. Available now wherever you listen to music. Miles, are you ready to record our promo for season two of the Wanna Bet podcast? David, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that season two starts August 18th. But I like Airplane. I know you do, but Wanna Bet is a sports betting podcast. Each week we bet $1,000 on the NFL teams and games that we love. Well, that sounds like fun. It is fun. And last year you picked over 60% of your games correctly. How'd you do? We're not talking about that. We are telling people that they can find us every Friday. So no more movie quotes. Roger, Roger. Electric acid. Electric acid.